everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by The T's. All right, Jeffrey, what's new? What's happening? How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm good here in Southern California. Hot as hell. Um, masking up because, mm-hmm. as we know, the Delta variant is here and something to be a little bit freaked out about. I'm not entirely freaked, but you know, like mildly freaked. Um, how are you feeling <laughs> in, in Wisconsin? I'm equally mildly freaked. <laughs> sure, right? I mean, um, I mean, the masks are back. We didn't burn mm-hmm. the masks, but might need to stock up on some more disposables if that's mm-hmm. the route you go. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's crazy. And you know yeah, what we- else I was thinking? Like, I know that these are like um, technical scientific terms, but like, First of all, Corona, the brand, it got hit with Corona, right? And now we got Delta, the yeah, airlines. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's sort of funny how ne- those words are now synonymous with not just beer or an airline, but a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that that is not great for their marketing teams, huh? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, we got to laugh about it. This is some scary stuff. Uh, we are, of course, very, very concerned about the salon professional industry, um, as is being released over the past couple of days, CDC is talking about how contagious uh, the Delta variant is comparing it to chickenpox, all sorts of stuff. Um, We are, of course, recording this prior to the episode going live, which is important to say because we're not exactly sure how things are going to play out this weekend. We're hoping for the best. We're hoping that people vax up and that they take it seriously. Um, But yeah, big, big implications for our space again, uh, which we're going to talk about a little bit. On last week's episode, we talked with Lauren Moser and Roderick Samuels of Hair Lab Detroit, among a million other things. They are a true example of how to embrace diversity and inclusion in our industry on all levels. Their salon, customers, staff, their school, they're a dynamic couple and such a good interview. So make sure you go and listen to that. If you like learning more about our industry, those who are enacting change and creating better work, make sure that you subscribe, review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volumeupthetease.com. This week, we talked to Gary Call, the head coach of Kin North America. I loved hearing about their overall brand in their direct-to-consumer model with Salon Pros. They have quite the loyal following um, and... It was really refreshing and kind of fun to see how he approaches his job as a COO, more as a head coach. Uh, So find out more on this week's episode with Gary Call. I can't wait. It's going to be incredible. We just know it. But before we get there, lots of other things besides the Delta variant that are happening, most notably the Olympics. We've talked about this on podcasts past. Who knows when the Olympics are going to end? God only knows. Um, But big things happened this week, including a one Simone Biles. We love Simone Biles here on the podcast. We have talked about her on Volume Up in the kindest regard, right? Think the world of her. She dropped out of the overall and individual competition. So Kelly, what did you think about all of the drama? Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, that had to have been the one of the hardest decisions of her life, no doubt, on the literal world stage with the goat emoji all ready to go on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it it takes a lot of guts to do that, no doubt. She does so much advanced gymnastics that they yeah. can't even properly rate or, her abilities yeah. anymore. Yeah. So that's like, you know, I mean, there is nobody else like her, which is 
a testament to her. I think what is interesting is that like there was sloppy, not great reporting at first where it was very much around, oh, she doesn't feel good. She's off her whatever, yeah. whatever. And then, but then it turns out like she dropped out because she did something really risky a couple of times on the mat, which could have, right, like could have killed herself if she were somebody that was less skilled. Um, And so I feel like, you know, that's all the, that's plenty of reason to drop out. I I would imagine she probably didn't think that that was going to be an issue getting there, but who the hell knows? I mean, it's such like hashtag unprecedented times, right? Like what, what is that? Like also my bigger issue, not with Simone Biles, but with these Olympics, damn it, is why are we calling them the 2020 game? Like, yes, of course, I understand. Every four years should have been a game <laughs> in 2020. One. But yeah. like, right, like we, who the, who cares that we, like, it's 2021. <laughs> like there was a pandemic, like we can't call it the 2021 games. Like it just seems <laughs> everything is, I mean, and then nobody's there, whatever. I, yeah, it's so anticlimactic all around. Yeah. You feel bummed, like, I don't know. It just, yeah. Truly, truly. So Simone, we are thinking of you, yes. obviously. We're glad that you're prioritizing your mental health. These games, what what is even happening? Um, yeah. Lots and then let me, just, let me just finish that by like, the athletes had to sleep on cardboard beds. <laughs> like, right? Like, <laughs> we yeah, expect tough. these people to perform at a world stage and they got to go back to the small cardboard bed. I could barely run a meeting if I had to sleep on that bed at night. That's true. Although, did you (laughs) see there was like that one TikTok video of the Irish gymnast who was like jumping on one to prove that it wasn't trash? I mean, I don't. What can you do? There's so many mixed messages here. Anyway, we're just going to keep watching until October, whenever it ends. So, (laughs) Uh, but there are incredibly other things happening in the world. Uh, And most of all, on the tease.com. So we are going to run through some of the articles that we are really into this week. Kelly, you're going to kick us off. What do you got first? Well, I love me some Sebastian professional, right? And I double love me some Morel Koken, who is an international artist for the brand. Uh, we talked to her and we talked to the brand about a new product launch um, called No Breaker. So No Breaker is the highlight of, of our product launches right now. We love it. So um, it basically is allowing you to not compromise volume and quality of hair um, with 99% less breakage. So, I mean, we've got heat, we've got chemicals, we've got all of those things that the no breaker actually forms a new bond in the hair. So it's kind of sorcery. I, I don't know, but I love it. Love Sebastian, love morale. All right. What I'm really into is actually related to what we talked about at the top of this podcast, which is the Delta variant and COVID. Uh, We on the tease uh, in the article for Salon Pros share how the pandemic has disrupted the way that they work. Talked with four different pros, as we say, about what has happened as a result of COVID, not just like in the immediate shutdown, open up all of that, which we've talked about a lot here on the podcast and as well on the tease.com, but rather what has happened since, right? Right. Like people have more money. They don't have more money. There's Delta coming, there's masks, there's not masks, all of the stuff. Um, So interesting perspectives. People talked about fewer work hours in the salon because they've got to deal with childcare issues that they had in previous, uh, fuller books, longer wait lists, all sorts of tactics to cope with what's going on in the world. There's really no wrong way to go about it as it turns out. And I feel like all of you guys, 
listeners here would in would be interested in hearing some of those perspectives. Um, you might agree, you might disagree, uh, but definitely important to see sort of what your peers are up to. So all about that article right now. Love it. Um, so my next one is a little bit more lighthearted. Um, you know, I'm calling all the Barbie lovers. It's time to rejoice. Uh, so the hair tool collection of the Barbie lovers dream has arrived. She had an initial summer launch. Um, and now we've got the second collection of hair tools and it's literally the cutest thing you've ever seen. Uh, so you've got a variety of different tools and they've even got a ceramic rotating curler, which I mean, again, Barbie lovers rejoice. You got the curl, you got the volume. Uh, it's awesome. So check out the full collection at thetees.com. Uh, the last article that I'm into at the moment on the site is all the more appropriate given what's happening right now. We could all use this self-care moment. The article is called Caldera Lab Simplified Skincare for Men. The article is all about why guys should reconsider their skincare regimen. Caldera Lab's main goal is to uncomplicate men's skincare. They offer literally three products, a cleanser, moisturizer, multi-purpose serum, easy to get into. The article details everything that the brand is about uh, and why you should maybe consider picking up those items. So I enjoyed it. I'm considering it. I might cheat on some of my go-tos oh and my. test these out. Uh, and yeah, you should maybe check out the article and see if you would do the same. Will do, will do. As always, so much going on at thetees.com, a million articles we're posting constantly. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Check it out. Next up is Gary Call, the head coach of Kin North America. Gary Call is a salon professional with more than 30 years of experience in the industry. Currently the head coach at Kin North America, he is passionate about education, but not just the buzzword education. With his background, experience, and knowledge, he supports transparency in manufacturing, distribution, and teaches salon owners to be the best they can be. Um, when we started the call today, Gary, you mentioned you've been teaching this last year almost every day, right? So you're getting your well, reps yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, we have. We started. Well, it's really strange because we started. I, I got. I was in New York City when they they shut New York down for the COVID free lockdown. Oh wow! We were, all in, we were all in New York for the. And this has really changed our world now. We were all in New York for the um, IBS show in New York City, and everybody was coming in. We went and set up our booth and everything on Saturday, and we were kind of knocking around town. And then the governor shut it all down and canceled the show at four o'clock on Saturday afternoon. I well, remember we couldn't that. Get the out. <laughs> Were you there? Were you in the city? I was in route, in route to. <laughs> yeah. See, and I have friends who got off the plane and got back on the plane and went home. But I was already in the city. And oh. now knowing what we know, we looked at each other and said, oh, well, this is, you know, how long is this going to last? A week, maybe? Okay, you know, why don't we just postpone it till next week and we'll just stay? And we went in on Sunday morning and tore everything down. And then I didn't have a flight out till Thursday. So we just wandered around. And with that, out masks and you know so yeah. we've learned but we just ran around and I went out to Brooklyn and we did a class and we goofed around with some friends and I went to dinner with different people and I went to a Broadway show the last <laughs> night that Broadway was open and I'm like you know there's nothing to do and, and then I came home and then since then so after I got I got home I worked from a home office in Utah okay. our company's based in California so I'm sitting home and I thought well we've got to come up with something to do and there's starting to 
they were talking about closing salons. And so I started a Facebook Live every day at, at three o'clock. Okay. Three o'clock my time. And I said, okay, well, while we're here in this quarantine thing, you know, let's get together and talk. And we and I went through product knowledge and then I did a whole thing on business and a whole thing on change, raising your prices. And we did okay. little reports on COVID and what was going on. And yesterday was episode number 305. Ooh. And I thought okay. this was going to go on for a week. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, we'll do this for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, what am I going to say? And then I had somebody jump in and wanted want to know, um, well, give me a schedule of what you're going to talk about. And I'm like, I have no idea. It's like, I, I'm winging it. You know, I'm just making stuff up. But it, it, it was just kind of a massive download. And we've redone re product knowledge. We've talked about real estate. We've talked about tax laws. We've talked about anything that anybody wants to talk about. And I can bring guests in and interview them. And yeah. so we've had guests come. And it's been, but I have to do it today. At four. We moved later in the afternoon because it was in the, in the middle of my day. So today at four o'clock, I have to go do another. We're going to talk about... Uh, the changing face of, of salon suites. Okay. Because we have a bizarre opportunity, but this I'm going off into. No, it's okay. Over. It's good. We were going to get there. So go. But we have a bizarre opportunity. We have a bizarre opportunity because many people are paying as much as a thousand dollars a month or twelve hundred dollars a month for a salon suite. Yeah. And right now we're in a. The rest of the world is in a real estate crisis or retail real estate. Their stores are empty everywhere. Yeah. And so there is a huge opportunity to break out of the suite and go get a storefront and huh. yeah, and open it, open a salon. And we're also going to talk about other options for spaces besides a suite. Uh, the old doctor's offices are a great salon space. Another place you can go now is you can go on the third or fourth floor of an office building. If you developed a clientele in a salon, in a suite, Sure. I asked my son the other day, I said, would you ever walk into a suite looking for a haircut as a walk in? He's like, why? I, I wouldn't know what to do. You walk in and nobody's, where do you go? Half of them are closed and nobody's welcoming, you know? Sure. So, and so a suite is very much about a self-contained status, knowing how to market themselves and, and build their business. And I, if you can market yourself and build your business salon suite, you could do it on the fourth floor of an office building. Yeah. And I know that obviously you have a passion for the independent privately owned salons in, in our business world today. I mean, where does that come from initially? Well, I don't dislike chain salons and big salons, sure. but, but big salons have management in place and they have structure in place and they have all these things that the little guys don't have. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I own a whole unrelated business. My family owns a, a movie, a small movie theater. Okay. One location, cool. three screens, total different industry, but um, I've been around small business my whole life and okay. I have a great respect for Then there's two kinds of small business. There's a job replacement business that, you know, if I put this little deal together, I won't have to work for somebody. Sure. And that's a sure. booth renter or that, you know, an independent stylist or somebody with a, with a salon with two or three stations or four employees is like, well, if everybody left, you know, they could pay the bills and make it work. And then there are salons now that are bigger that, sure. you know, have a, an independent salon that has enough people that they really depend on man developing management and directives and systems and and being at first for sake of another conversation a real a real business house sure but yeah, but yeah it's, there's just a huge opportunity yeah and that's really still... interesting I, I mean i definitely see where you're coming from because you do see a lot of you know from that commercial real estate standpoint there's yeah. no shortage of spaces no. Well, we do. The other thing is the salon industry, try as we might. Um, I've spent the last 
30 years of my career, or well, yeah, pretty much in in distribution, manufacturing, and product okay. things. But I've owned a, I owned a salon in the olden days, and I taught beauty school and did other things. But we're still doing, in the salon every day, what we do is still the same thing they were doing 50 years ago. One by one, we help people. One by one, we touch clients. Sure. One by one, we do services. And most industries that do that have found some other way to automate or to ship or to Amazon it or to create an app or to do something. And we still see clients one by one. Sure. Yeah, and, it's true. And so there's a there's kind of an old fashioned service thing that it would help us to grab onto better than we do. Yeah, that makes sense. You mentioned that, you know, obviously the bigger salons, they've got management and process in place, um, but to to the little guys or the private salon owner, those that are struggling, you know, throughout COVID, post-COVID, if, if we are indeed, maybe not even in post-COVID in yet. In the middle of COVID, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they're struggling well, I, to find- okay, Kelly, I personally <laughs> hate people saying new. And I hate, I hate them saying, well, back to, back to the normal or back right, to what right. was normal or it, what it used to be. It's like, I don't like the new normal. Yeah, it just is. And I it don't is. like the idea that everything's going to go. I don't want to go back to 2018. I mean, I there were all either. kinds of problems in 2018. Yeah. Now we've got a whole other set of problems. We'll deal with what's on the plate now and figure out what you're going to do for the future. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll evolve out of it, right? You know, There's no looking gonna, back. Forward. We're going to end up somewhere. And <laughs> if there is a huge Delta explosion in the next few months, oh. there will be a, there will be a huge Delta explosion and we will send our kids to school in masks and we will you know, lock down again and we will wash our hands and yeah. people will know how to do that. It, right. But you can't prognosticate and say it's over and sure. You know, it's not over while there's still people being infected and totally being hospitalized. So yeah, it is it's a crazy world we live in right now. But for it's those here. salon owners that are struggling to find staff, make rent and, and to evolve into where we're at right now, what's some advice that you would give them? Probably the probably the primary thing that I would that I would say coming out, you know, coming out of where we've been. And I think the primary thing that I would say is you need to stick to your knitting. You need to figure out what it is you do that makes you stand out and makes you unique and makes you different and creates an experience and an event in your, in your salon, whether it's a one person salon or a 10 person salon, but what makes it special and why should people leave their safety cave and get out of their car. I mean, you got to remember, we're not going to stores anymore. I'm buying everything in totally. from Amazon. I'm, you know, I'm doing all this stuff and we'll talk about them, I'm sure. But I'm doing all this stuff, but I still am visiting the salon the same way I always visited the salon. So how am I going to make that into an amazing experience? Well, True. one of the things is, yeah, we've pulled all of our barbicide and all of our sanitation and everything out, out from the back room. We always did it. Sure. I mean, yes. it just drove me crazy when everybody's saying, well, this Agreed. is the new law. You have to do this. It's like, we've been doing this forever. But now it's, uh, it, I've been a table out in front of the client. So they see you're still being sanitary and you're still being cautious and still yeah. being careful. Um, we need to rethink the way we book. And and I I personally believe that that doubling, double booking and triple booking clients is a thing of the past. You can make money more quickly at a higher service level one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. But you have to flip the way you do the service. Sure. And, and change the way you book things a little bit. What we recommend is that you begin by clarifying the hair and then you cut the hair because it's damp yeah. and then it's almost mm -hmm. dry. You apply the color and then you finish it. Well, hmm. we've been, we've been applying color as they walked in the door and sat there and looked at them for 30 minutes. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Or, or did a haircut or, you know, 
had a tuna sandwich. But, but by flipping that, you can take a two and a half hour appointment into 90 minutes or two hours. Great point. And then do the, and then have time to sanitize and then do the next person. Yep. So you so, can charge more for that. Exactly. So your role, your role as the head coach, which I love that title at Kin North America. I mean, tell, first of all, talk to me about Kin and what you're doing. And then I want to know what a head coach does okay, in this well, scenario. <laughs> Kin is, Kin is an 85, an 89 year old company. Wow. Okay. Based in, based in Spain. Kin is owned by the founding, the grand, grandchildren and great grandchildren of the founder of the company. Oh my gosh. And they have no intention of selling it. They just put their, they've got one, one of the, the, the general director's son is now in college and plans to graduate and go to work for the company. Cool. So yeah. they're, they're based about 50 miles north of Barcelona, right on the coast of Rava, which is like living in heaven. I mean, it's where I'm you sure. want to be all the time. <laughs> and if anybody watches Game of Thrones, it's about 30 miles away from Girona where they film Game of Thrones. Oh, so, yes. Beautiful. But it's absolutely amazing. But they started doing hair color and hair care in a vacuum, just wanting to be the best they could be. Hmm. The founder of the company was contacted by some local hairdressers in 1932 and said, can you make hair color? And he was a textile chemist. And he goes, maybe. Cool. Wow. And tried. And so they started making color. Well, now the man who runs the lab is the great grandson of the founder of the company. So Amazing. Whoa. You have and he, but he's worked in the lab making, you know, hair color is a big part of our business, but he's worked in the lab making hair color since the 70s. Jeez. Now, I get it, but if you go to a big giant company, that's the lab, the, the bench in the lab making formulas is where you go when you get your new degree and you're just out of school. Mm -hmm. And the guy with 30 years experience is in an office somewhere. Yeah. Fair point. Yes. As being an executive, they're not looking at swatches or <laughs> testing products or touching that. And so Joseph Marie actually does those things. Uh, hmm. um, so years ago, I worked for a company, another small company. I like small oh. companies, but I've been at Kin now for seven years this fall. Wow. Okay. Um, hmm. And I worked for another company for 17 years. I was a vice president there. Um, and the thing that caused me to leave. And I thought I was just going to retire and walk into the sunset from that job. But <laughs> the thing that caused me to leave is that I was working at a manufacturer that was selling products to distributors and trying to convince sales consultants to run out into salons and get people to buy stuff. And meanwhile, my job was to sit in the boardroom and try to figure out how to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear and how to put a promotion <laughs> together, how to put a promotion together that didn't cost me anything that motivated the distributor to buy it from me. Yep. that motivated the sales consultant to talk about it and yep. push into the salon. And during all of this, the conglomeration of the big giant distributors happened where BSG mm -hmm. and Salon Centric, there's nothing wrong with them. They're big companies, mm -hmm. but they bought a bunch of smaller distributors who yep. and small companies have a hard time. A, a small company, it's difficult to pass any company from generation to generation. So what do you do? If you're, if you're John Sebastian and Jerry Cazenza Sebastian, They've already had a run for 25 years yep. and it's now 1992, 93. Mm -hmm. I'm getting tired. They didn't have children. Who, who takes this? Sure. Will you sell to Wella? Yeah. Paula Meehan, you know, went public with Redken and then bought Redken back in the eighties because she didn't like being a publicly held company. And by the early nineties, what was the next thing to do? She already lived in a big house in Beverly Hills and drove a Rolls Royce. <laughs> and as you age, what do you do with those kinds of monsters? Well, it was yeah. sold to L'Oreal. Mm -hmm. And so 
at Ken, the company just quietly has flown under the fray. And I was a manufacturer trying to convince big distributors like Cosmoprof and big distributors with multi-state territories that even though they have 11 brands, my brand is worth some of your time. Totally. Yeah. And, and so my friends in California that I've known since the 90s went to Cosmoprof and got in touch with Ken because they were looking to bring a oh. brand to the U.S. So we're right. new in the United, we've been in the United States for less than 10 years. Wow. Barely 10. How was and that entry into the U.S.? It was horrible. Yeah. Which is how I ended up Hard. there. <laughs> but, but, you know, they kept, they called us, come work for us, come work for us. I'm like, oh, the good news was they sent me products and I, my wife was a stylist and worked in the salon. Oh, cool. Sent me products and, and we tried the products and she came into my office one day and she goes, well, I don't really care where you work, but we're buying this shampoo. And I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> I mean, they really like the product. So that's okay. It's great to have a product that people really love. Yeah. And sure. we, and we have a huge loyalty. So we sat down and I just said to the people that own, that own the, the uh, distribution, we have North America, New Zealand, and Australia. Okay. And we sat down and said, what do you want to do? And I think their vision probably was that I would help them find distributors. Okay. Sure. And at that point in time, I hated distributors. <laughs> so, and I had been a distributor in the eighties and in the nineties. And so I said, well, how about if we went direct to salon? Mm -hmm. So Ken, so Ken, very easily, simply, Ken sells directly to salons around the country. We charge no shipping if the order is over $100. If you buy 12 retail shampoos, you get a free liter. If you buy six retail, right now it's shampoo bonus month. So if you buy six, you get a free liter. And we've got really aggressive promotions huh. because I yeah. don't have a middleman. man. Yep. yep. And I don't have sales consultants. And the way you find out about us is on Facebook. Yeah. And yeah. through social media and through friends of friends. And every year we take a group of customers to up until 2020, we took a group of customers to Spain for a week. Really? Oh, All that's fun. Paid. Yeah. The only thing yeah. I do is buy their flight and we took them to Spain. They earned their trips by their purchases. And yeah. we have people from all over the country that went and have some great success stories of people. And I'm probably, I'm not for everybody, but we have some great success stories of people who were frustrated. Yeah. And they found a solution with Ken. I mean, they're, right. they're frustrated by, a, by professional stores that they're expected to go to the store and yeah. buy it. It's more expensive. They're frustrated by, I mean, I haven't had a price increase since 2019. Well, there are all wow. stressed because all of, the, all of the distributors are raising their prices now. Right. And, and you can't get products and there's nothing on the shelf. And well, meanwhile, I have a 12-month inventory sitting in Southern California. Right. right. It's ready. Yeah. And because we plan. So huh. we have the people behind us and the opportunity to do kind of crazy stuff out of the box. Yeah. So hence you become a head coach. <laughs> if I was not, I, if I'm in corporate, if I'm in the corporate world, I'm the COO. Got it. Okay. But. Head coach I, sounds more fun. I've already done that. <laughs> and so I wanted to have fun and yeah. really it's just about helping salons and stylists be who they wanted to be and be who they want to be and help them develop their business and we'll yeah. help them as much as they want to be helped. That's great. And so I, and I know, and it's so funny because I know probably 50 or 60% of our customers face-to-face because -face I travel no up until this year, I traveled 75% of the time Wow! and All I right. show up in your salon. So huh. it's, it's a fun gig. 
Yeah, that is a fun gig. And and you're ahead of the game, the direct-to-consumer or direct-to-our consumers, which are pro right. uh, model as well. I mean, if you started that how many years ago? That yeah, was... we started that seven years ago. Yeah, I mean, you're roughly six to seven years ahead of the game, right? <laughs> and it was kind of, t- and it was honestly, it was honestly kind of tough. Um, but it's been so odd because I had spent 17 years at a brand, at a manufacturer. Sure. So I knew people around the country. Mm-hmm. And so the way we start, and the way we start at Slun is they call and say, hey, I'm interested in your product. I say, great, can I send you some samples? And mm-hmm. we send them about $400 worth of samples. Whoa. Like All right. 20 tubes of color and full-size retail Like the real product. deal. Like and you're not say, just, Here, yeah. try it. Well, mm-hmm. I don't have a sales consultant to come beat you up and to come make you buy it. So all I can do is send you products to try. And hope you love it, right? And hope you I love mean, it. Yeah. And so, so a few years ago, I was in Spain and one of the, my good friends was sitting by me and she said, we were having lunch and she said, well, how did this happen? That there's, you know, 60 people in Spain. And I said, well, I started looking around the table and I said, well, I have a story about them and about them and cool. where I met her and how that happened. And a lot of them came from other, from other connections, but okay. 50% of them are connections that we've made just on Facebook with people saying, I'm looking for a brand that's not at Ulta. Well, I have a brand. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to try it? And, that's crazy. I mean, it's true one to one marketing. Weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And so, and I don't, I don't have a website. My website is hosted by Spain, which is great. It's beautiful. It has all the product information, everything. But, uh, you know, I have, I'm old fashioned because I, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that uh, websites do anything. You put up a website and it's like putting a billboard in the middle of Iowa off the freeway. <laughs> and then you have to build a road, you know, SEO is all about building a road to the website. Sure. Yeah. And people are already on Facebook. And so we have a private users group of okay. people that I've led into this users group where we talk about prices and I do Ken lives and we have fun. That's awesome. And so let me just talk to people. I love it. It's a, it's a really unique strategy. I mean, in the, in the scene, yeah, like it's working. My dear friend, <laughs> my dear friend, Jane Morehouse at, um, uh, mm-hmm. Sure. Beauty Industry Report. Yeah, she's great. A couple of times she sent me, she sent me a message saying, I wanted to do an interview with you. I don't write your article. I want to, you know, write this up. And I said, well, <laughs> I'd rather not because <laughs> I don't, I, we just want to fly under the radar and do our thing. That's great. And, and Beauty Industry Report is targeted at distributors and, yep. and, uh, and manufacturers. And I'm like, I, I don't want to explain what we do to them. Yeah, just, you're right. Then you're going to teach them. <laughs> or they'll just send their sales consultant in on how to do battle with me. And it's like, that's, that's a good point. I mean, it's hard to do battle when you've got a 50% mark, you know, we've got, I've got 50% off on a promotion or yeah. 57% I, off on an intro. It's yeah. like, you know, I dare you. And they well, the, what you can pass on and savings yeah. to our end stylists and pros is, is unlike any other. Right. 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 Yeah. It is interesting what's happening from a distribution standpoint too. You know, I was, I'm surprised and I continue to be surprised of the lack of kind of that digital and e-commerce push. I mean, certainly COVID has expedited that, but you know, that reliance Uh, on brick and mortar is, is. I don't like, personally, I don't like, I love distribution, but I love relationships better. Yeah. And so there are across the country, I can tell you the distributors that I love, you know, on one hand. Okay. But, and there's some great people out there running traditional distribution. There's some people out there trying to start up distribution again as a small independent guy. But the challenge that we face is 
as a as a distributor, if you're putting boots on the streets and they're calling yeah. on salons, the whole booth rent model becomes really difficult. Yeah. Because I send one sales consultant into one salon suite with 60 rooms and they're there for a day and a half mm -hmm. just doing their presentation for each potential yeah. customer. Yeah. You, you can't do that. That's why if you talk to distributors, they bemoan the loss of the employee salon because you used mm -hmm. to have a buyer that I could have an hour, a, you know, a good two hour meeting with a buyer right. who was spending, who was spending $50,000 a year mm -hmm. or $75,000 a year. Yeah. Well, I can do that, but I, I love independent hairdressers, but you got to do business different. Totally. And, yeah. And it requires a different kind of support and different kind of service. Now I can't answer your question about technology though. Okay. You have to remember where hairdressers spend their time. Yeah. Most people, me guilty as sin, <laughs> most people spend their life in front of a monitor and a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And we send everybody home to work at home and they're still in front of monitors and keyboards at home. My son was sent home by Wells Fargo a year ago, February, and he's still working upstairs in my loft. Wow. And they don't plan on having him go back until after September. Wow. So, but the challenge is the hairdresser does not have a keyboard. Yeah. Good the hairdresser point. doesn't have a computer. Mm -hmm. So when you ask me to place my order online, what you're telling me, Kelly, is I'm going to go home after work and then have to figure out, I'm going to do all the work in the salon to figure out what I have to order. Yep. And then and I'm going to go home after work and I'm going to have to sit down and spend an hour trying to figure out how to use your interface because I don't type, I don't keyboard, it's not my mm -hmm. thing. And so, you know, but well, it's so easy. You just click on it and then you change the number. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, really? Are you kidding me? So the growth of Amazon probably has made that closer to more yeah. possible, but going on Amazon's fun. I mean, I can go on Amazon after you get the kids to bed, go on Amazon and goof off and, you know, buy a new pair of shoes and, you know, get a, new jacket, you want. Have a great time. <laughs> That's not buying hair color and shampoo is not nearly as romantic. <laughs> it's true. Yes. And That's it, a good point. And it doesn't give you that kind of rush. Now, when you're, they're young, if kids get fresh out of school, they love going to the beauty, you know, they love going to the beauty store and walking the aisles at, at Salon yeah. Centric and checking out all of the looking. Well, what's happened is this, the distributor stores have replaced hair shows. Hmm. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, before distributor stores, I had to get on a plane and go yeah. to California to the Long Beach show yep. in order to look at all the capes yep. and see the curling irons and touch the scissors or go to the Midwest show so I could see someone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was a big deal. But now there's two beauty stores within five miles of my house. And you can check have, it there. Yeah. And I go, I'm looking for a pair of scissors. I can go down there and look and, and see all the ones I, I don't want, or, you know, maybe I'll try one through the mail because I didn't love that. I can go look at all the capes. I can go see the curling irons because mm -hmm. shampoo is, doesn't sell at a hair show. You already have it on your shelf. Yeah, true. It's home yeah. in the salon. So I want to buy a case of hairspray while I'm here at this hair show and carry it around. No, I've like, always, you gotta yeah. Have a, gotta have a pretty a... fancy, you gotta have a pretty fancy promotion <laughs> to get me to, you know, haul products out of that show. Unless, but if you're launching something brand new, something you nobody's see ever it. seen before. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the last big deal that I remember seeing at a hair show was the launch of Pulp Riot because it was unique totally. and new and out there and noisy and, different yeah 
I mean, they organized, they, I mean, you know, what David did is he organized the viral color and the vibrant color market around something that made sense. Yeah. And it was brilliant. Yeah. And it was mm -hmm. a genius marketing. And then, yeah. you know, Joyco tried to follow him and Manic Panic tried to follow him and they didn't, none of them did as well. But, mm -hmm. but Paul Pry won that prize. They did. And they, they got really the energy did. back. Well, right now, the big noisy products out there, um, I mean, Olaplex was right at the end of you know, shows being a big deal. But K-18 would go crazy at a hair show today. Yeah. Because it's everybody wants to touch it, everybody wants to try it. I mean, when they yeah. launched Moroccan oil in 20, 2002 or 2003, everybody went crazy because it was, we don't put oil on Caucasian <laughs> hair. You're the total wrong ethnicity for this. Yeah. And they're telling me I'm going to put oil in my hair. And now every single brand has an oil. Totally. Yeah. But you used to go to shows to see that. And you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. I mean... I remember in the old, old, old days, we used to go to the Long Beach show and Sebastian would do such an explosion, oh, yeah. an extravaganza. I mean, they'd spend, they'd spend a quarter of a million dollars on two days of show. And I, it would bring me to tears. I would, I remember tearing up at how wonderful this was and how wonderful this industry is and how yeah. cool it is that I get to be part of this. Well, you don't, you can't out TV MTV. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are so overloaded with, visual impact and input yeah, we are that there, there's not enough money to put on a a, sh a a presentation with dancing girls and people on trapezes and juggling <laughs> knives and i mean the, 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 it's just crazy, crazy. so anyway it is. i don't know where we are no i mean it's, it's no it's great no it's great what do you think the next or do you have a pulse on what one of the next new innovations is in our industry and we talked pulp bread olaplex what's next i mean everybody wants to know right yeah that's i wish we all had the crystal ball and we could figure <laughs> it out i'll tell you one of the challenges that that is coming right now is supply chain for anybody that's using yeah. european product yeah we're we have we have there are some products that are that are here's the back side of my yeah life experience there are some products right now that are back ordered because there are ingredient shortages a year ago or a year ago we were trying to make hand sanitizer yes and the government was limiting the access to alcohol mm -hmm. and part of part of the company i'm involved with is is cinderella hair or not cinderella hair and california mango okay. california mango is a manufacturing plant that makes bath and body spa product and we always have made hand sanitizer. Oh, which it wasn't like we were doing something we'd never done. Sure, but you couldn't you couldn't get alcohol. Jeez, because yeah. the government the government was reserving the because you don't know they were reserving the resources and they changed the way you could ship and they did all kinds yeah. of stuff to preserve, so you didn't run out. Well, now there are ingredients just in just in, surfactants and ingredients as, in products as simple as shampoo that there are shortages of, and they are just barely starting to hit us. Wow. So we're, we're in a three year, we're in a three to four year huh. supply chain challenge. Wow. That will be difficult. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm grateful in, in my situation, I'm grateful that we make our own products. Ken has our own manufacturing plant. In Spain? In Spain. Okay. Because you make your own stuff you can continue to make it. But if you're private labeling and you're depending on a lab to make things for you, you have to prioritize your line time and what you can build and what you can for make. Sure. 
And wow. I mean, we've got, I, I don't throw anybody into the bus, but big companies like Alpha Parf and Davines and, and Formisi, they all private label color. The private label color we yeah. get in the US comes from big Italian companies. Yeah. They're, not, they're not going to make your private label brand before they get their own brand back in stock. Sure. Sure. You can't afford it. Yeah. So there's, you know, everybody's, there's all kinds of comments about the empty shelves at Cosmoprof. That's the challenge. That's why. Interesting. So we're going to have a challenge and we just have to kind of watch that. It'll be interesting. So where do you see Kin North America heading and kind of your role? I mean, what's, what's next for the brand? Um, Well, we just reformulated, we just reformulated our permanent color. Uh, We have two permanent color lines and one of the permanent color lines just reformulated and is now vegan. We launched it last Wednesday. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so it's new. that's why that's why i didn't talk to you earlier that's why I, when, when we were trying to set this up i kept saying push it back push it back um but so we're in we're doing a transition from an old a previous version called prestige to a new version called kin cream okay. and it's in a larger tube it's actually 13 percent less everybody's raising okay. their prices and we're lowering our price wow i kind of swim upstream and but, passing it along to the people we and love we're passing along to the, and we're passing that's along to the important yes so mm-hmm. um and then, uh, so that's like, and so they just took that vegan. Okay. And Very cool. um, so that's going on right now. Beauty will always happen and it'll always exist. It's not going to disappear. Yeah. And there isn't a more, we always have joked that we have a recession proof industry. We, it's not necessarily recession proof. The whole reason that we have ombre and balayage is because of the crash of 2008. So <laughs> I didn't want to go to the hairdresser. Look, well, look at your hair. Regrowth is regrowth is in. So I have a shadow root. Okay. You know, that's because that's your natural color. Yeah. Um, and so that's okay. But mm-hmm. we have to realize that things come back and things return in cycles. We're getting back into a world of texture. Yeah. One of the biggest things that we, yeah. one of the biggest things we're working on now as an industry that I'm so happy, and it really in part came apart around because of COVID and Black Lives Matter and all this evolution, is we have, and I can't tell you how violently I support this, we have turned around and said, it's about texture. It's not about your ethnicity. You. It's not about who your grandparents are. It's not about you know who your great grandfather's right. girlfriend was. Right. It, you got hair on your head. It's it's a keratin protein structure. Yes. And hair is hair. Mm-hmm. But is it fine hair? Is it coily hair? Is it curled hair? Is it wavy hair? Is it textured hair? Is it coarse? It does it have porosity? Does it not have porosity? Mm-hmm. All of those qualities have nothing to do with who your parents are. Agree. Yes. Other than when I have the conversation and say, well, you're a natural level four and they go, my hair's not, not that dark. And I go, well, yeah, it is. Cause it's growing in that dark, but, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm blonde. It's like, well, no, you're, you're not still naturally. Four, no. You're still four, and you know, if you don't like your natural level, then you pick the wrong parents. That's, you know, that's a, that's a genetic thing that happens to you. The reason we're here is to make you what you want to be. Mm-hmm. So we're good. Yeah. And because and everything we do is about dreams. And mm-hmm. it's, it's about giving people hope and giving people positive attitude and giving people a smile. I mean, we're like doctors, only our patients aren't sick. I mean, it's even better. I love it. I know my mom was a stylist and salon owner for 40 years. And so, mm-hmm. so you, you know, know something, like. oh yeah. I mean, something about the industry is like, once you're hooked and you're in it, you're in because you spend your days making people feel beautiful and confident. And I don't know, it's a wonderful industry. Well, what happened, what happened when the salons closed a year ago? 
the waiters went home and you know sat around and the massage therapists went home and you know put their feet up and the hairdressers went home and started trying to figure out how to solve their clients problems right right i mean i didn't have my auto mechanic call me and say hey our shop's closed but we can come work on your car at your house very good point i mean yeah but the hairdressers were all running around trying to figure out how to help the client help the client and right. she's going to have regrowth what are we going to do she's her hair is going to grow in and then she's going to run to the drugstore and then i'm going to have to fix that later and how about <laughs> if i just help her and can i do this is it okay to sell her color well yeah it is okay to sell her color she could buy it at the drugstore so i mean right. the chemistry is the chemistry there's nothing special about the active ingredients but your expertise run with I the know. expertise yeah i love and, it i love it and we continue to serve now you asked me what we do to be unique. What you do is you become the neighborhood concierge mm. because nobody, people aren't developing. You're not going to the store. You're not interacting with a bunch of people. You're not out and about all the time. More and more people are working from home. And a lot of people, I mean, the trends that I've read, that I've read is they want to stay home. And now they're home yeah. and they figured out how to work from home. I'm going to stay. Yeah. And I just come in two days a week. I, <laughs> I really think that we can create years ago a friend of mine in new york city drew up a neighborhood map around their salon that was just here's the best restaurant here's the bar we like to go to here's that's cool this is this is where you go to get bagels this is the and and it was just their neighborhood stores because people were traveling into into their their salon was on i think 13th and it was on uh, 13th avenue greenwich village and um or 13th street and so they were all about our neighborhood That's great. and they let people and they gave them yeah. a map to so they didn't get because you know greenwich village you'll get lost in 30 seconds mm-hmm. you think you can't get lost in new york and take <laughs> but so that's what they did is they said here's the map well i think we ought to be doing well where's the best place to get jewelry where's the best place to get your shoes repaired where's yeah. the best place you know where's the best place to stop after after work to meet a friend and share that with our clients say you know that's in your awesome. newsletter yeah. in your communication it's not just here's how you do your hair it's mm-hmm. here's how you make your life better. Yeah. In because a lot of different touch points, right? Not the just stylist. Hair. Exactly. Yeah. The stylist yeah. becomes the person they see. We already know. I mean, Dr. Lou and the psych- cosmetologist taught us that we um, see them at their most important moment or their least, you know, seen before the death and before school starts and when they graduate yeah. and we yeah. see them, we see them before they go to the divorce court and they, you know, all these things, we always see them at pivotal moments. True. So they're going to come back. You know, mm-hmm. we, we're the, did you know that we're the, like the third or the, the second or third highest per, highest indicator discoverer discovers the wrong word, but we find more cancer, we find more abuse, right. we find mm. more than anybody because people come see us and they kind of their brains fall out and they share everything mm-hmm. and yeah and so you know I know salons that have you know codes to text to the client saying you know do you need help do we need to do we need to get someone for her while the husband is there telling her how to cut her hair you send her a text message yep. it's, it's all right you know our code word is and you know. Wow. But that's because we get intimately involved with their lives, which makes it hard when, you know, do you have a cancellation policy or do you, you know, do you have a cancellation policy or what happens when somebody stands you up and then we get, you know, these people kind of tighten their belts and say, you know, I've got to fire a client. It's like, no, you don't, you know, you, nobody fires a customer. (laughs) You train them. Right. Right. If if, if they're worthy of being fired, it's because you allowed them to become who they are. To get there. Yeah. So train them to be who you need them to be as a customer and don't support their bad behavior. And occasionally, occasionally you'll have to have a difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. But 
one of the biggest transitions we had out of chain salons and big salons into suites is now it's 100% you. Yeah, true. You've got to market. Mm-hmm. You've got to advertise. You've got to print business cards. You've got to educate yourself. You've got to do it all. Yep. Well, what happens when somebody comes complains? The manager takes care of it. Yeah. No. Now it's you. You take yeah. care of it. Yeah, so, now it's you. So, uh, you know, one of the things I coach people do is I say, sit down and make your standard, make your employee manual. Well, that's why I left the salon. Yeah, I know. Sit down and make your rules. Here's the rules that I'm yeah. going to play by. So Keep you know consistent. how to respond. Mm-hmm. So you know what good. to say. Because you used to be able to turn it over to the manager. Well, they'd solve that. They figured that out. Yeah, they were making, they were getting their 40% or 50% and spending right. every single dime trying to make you successful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. too many people go into the suite and think, say, I get 100%. It's like, no, you don't. You still get 50%. Oh yeah, there's still overhead. You there's only fifty percent. <laughs> there's no more money. Yeah. You get you get freedom. You get responsibility. You yeah. get flexibility, but there's no more money. You may work a whole lot harder because you're in your mind you're working for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard either way, and that. Yeah. So we end up in the industry because we love it, but nobody. It's interesting to see people who who have left. I've had mm-hmm. salons closed and people that have left the industry to find something else. I've also had the schools are also get packing students back in of people who don't see. want to work in an office, don't want right. to work in an right. uncontrolled environment, don't mm-hmm. want, you know, they, they, they love the idea of working somewhere where they make appointments rather than waiting for people to show up or mm-hmm. where they can control who they're in contact with. And yeah. with such a force on sanitation. Meanwhile, we have the states that are stupid. <laughs> In here, yes. I, I live in Utah, and they were do, doing a whole bunch of deregulation stuff this oh. year in the in the legislature. And I went for the first time in forever because I was in town, and it just drove me crazy. Do you realize that the majority of cosmetology law in the United States of America was implemented in the 1920s? Yeah, I mean, as a result of Spanish flu. Oh, I did not know that was a result of that. That's why we have. <laughs> sanitation procedures yeah i mean i i had friends i found an article i found two different articles about barbershops being inspected by the health department saying that this is a sanitary barbershop during the go during the spanish flu Mm -hmm. that they were making masks in new jersey for all the salons in town so the so the barbers could all wear masks because they didn't really have a women's hairdressing business at that point it was barbers huh but all the barbers could wear masks so they could safely cut hair Interesting. Wow. I did not know. Yeah. Well, if we would have paid attention and meanwhile, the state is trying to deregulate cosmetology. Like you're taking away exactly what the last pandemic put in place. We need brilliant. (laughs) Genius. Absolutely amazing. Well, this is really fun. I love your perspective on all of the things that we chatted about. I think you you fill that head coach role pretty well. We try. I, everybody says, everybody says, how do you do it? Yeah, how do you know that? And you know this. It's like, you just hang around long just enough, trying. learn all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, speaking of knowing stuff, okay, we've got our tease quick takes up next. Okay. And it's just fun, five, uh, four fun questions and okay. your one word answer. So the first one is bar soap or body wash? Body wash. Oh, please. Okay. All right. You know, it's a polarizing topic. Oh surprisingly <laughs> yeah, body wash Ooh. 
All right. What is one thing you're streaming right now? So we're talking Netflix, podcast, music. What is it? Like, what are you watching or listening? I, last night, I just started watching the first episode. I'm going to go back and watch the rest. Um, it's about, it's a, what's her name? Her last name's Hart. She makes shoes. I don't know. Um, um, it's on Netflix. Okay. And it's, it's, um, she she's a she she left a Hasidic Jewish community and is running um, elite models so elite beauty group. oh okay and and uh, it's just it's it's crazy I like reality TV we always watch Survivor and all right and watching The Bachelor but um, the crazy the weirdest the weirdest show I watched recently is called The Repair Shop it's on BBC okay okay it's what's about, it about they take they take in old antiques they find you know and it, oh, it's neat. england so to them yeah to them old is 400 years to us old is you know six months but i mean <laughs> they take and this is the this is the campaign chest that my great-grandfather took to india and oh my gosh. You know, they restore Miles. it and re, you know fix yeah. it's like it's just kind of weird it's like, that's fun yeah then, i love that british, british baking stuff and all right british baking yeah that's a yeah. popular one <laughs> okay speaking and, of and, and halston you have to if you haven't seen halston you have to watch i've halston. seen it and i want to see it again amazing. I've got to go watch it again now. I had now, no you know, idea. Now, did you know Ugh. the little squirrely guy who was doing coke in the bathroom? Yeah. Is Joel Schumacher. No way. Joel Schumacher, like the producer in Hollywood, was the little squirrely guy. No way. Yeah. Wow. The, See, there's so many little nuggets. I need to go back. And mm-hmm. I didn't know the Liza Minnelli yeah. and the whole like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Wow, and the apartment. Good. I mean, the apartment is still there. It is. is it, and it looks just, it looks just it like does. the same. You've got to go on Zillow. You've got to go on Zillow and look it up. It's on, okay. it's on like 64th street in, in the East side. And it's Gosh. still there and it looks the same. No way. It, is, does it anybody occupy it or? No, it just sold to somebody. It, just... it was, it's, it, but it's Wild. very cool. It's much cooler than it is on TV. Okay. What a visionary, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. A whack, complete whack, but. Totally. Yeah. I mean, the truth. That's, okay. that's who we are. That's who we can. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's who we love. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is one product that you cannot live without? And it does not have to be hair care. It can be kitchen, lifestyle, whatever. Dots pretzels. Dots pretzels, the home style ones. Mm-hmm. The spice okay. ones. And the jalapeno you- <laughs> ones that are even better. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Do you veer off from the original? You do. Oh, yeah. We've had cheese original and jalapeno. <laughs> jalapeno, jalapeno are the favorite. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm in Wisconsin, so those are like a staple here, you know. Yeah, because they're just in North they're <laughs> just in North Dakota, so they're up by you. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. Last one is advice for those who want to make it to the top of our industry. I I I started my education journey as a full-time as a full-time educator for Sebastian. No way. Distributor, distributor based. Cool. Yeah. yeah. In nineteen in nineteen eighty-six. No, I love it. I love Sebastian. Yeah. Um, but I was a full-time educator and John and Jerry still in the company. And I mean, it was before Wella. Yeah. And, and, yep. and I, I started as a full-time educator and we would, and I would be out in class. I'd be out in salons doing classes all day long and okay. you know, work at shows and doing stuff. But once upon a time, every single time you did a class and I went from there and worked with other manufacturers and did larger things, but Every time you did a show or you did a class, you did an event, there would always be 10 or 15 people who came to you and said, I want to be you. Yeah. How do I get mm-hmm. your job? How do, yep. how, do I become an, how do I become an educator? I want to do that. And it was not about the money. It was about the experience. 
I want to make people feel the way you made me feel. Oh, or I want to great. Make, I want yeah. to teach people. And it's not me personally. It's everybody. I've talked to other people that have the same thing. And that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've lost the drive and the inquisitive nature. When you have to remember that hairdress, you know, hairstylists, I mean, half the people that go to beauty school are there because, you know, your math's not good, your science isn't good, you're not very bright. You know, maybe you can go to beauty school. And so they they shuffle you off to beauty school because you couldn't figure out algebra. And the people that stay, and I haven't told you how I got in the industry, I have to add that. We'll, we'll add that and you can put it in somewhere. Yes, do do. The people that stay are the ones who find a connection or find the mm-hmm. magic or it happens that it, it stops becoming, it's not work and it never was work. It's just joy and fun and excitement yeah. and yeah. what's new today. Yeah. And it the people who stay in the industry are those people. And so you have to find a greater purpose for you to do this. And the purpose is not doing a perfect balayage or you know doing a gray conversion and watching every Jack Martin video on YouTube, the purpose is what's driving you and what keeps you there. And I really think the purpose is about people and it's about helping Mm -hmm. them find themselves and helping them discover a place and helping them find an identity, helping them find a way to be who they are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're the first industry that dropped all the bars, lowered every bar for any option in lifestyle or choice or or whatever and you don't have to be liberal to be a hairdresser either you can be pretty dang conservative but we kind of are open to everybody yeah yes and you're welcome here you're mm-hmm. safe here i love it i love it we've got people nuttier than you so don't you know we got people more <laughs> we got people more wound up and stressed and crazy than you are so you'll always find somebody crazier than yourself in this industry which is fine but it's about that passion it's about yeah just and I used to, uh, and the thing that I've, you know, used to, said all the time when I'm in my salon, and I still say it to people is we, is we have to make this work because if we don't, I have to get a real job <laughs> and I'm not going to get a real job. So yeah, this is it. Suck it up, <laughs> figure out how to make it work. And, and that's the passion and that's the drive and the passion and the excitement that gets you here. Yeah. And I have to, yeah. and I, and I don't know who else is going to hear this, but I'll pay tribute anyway, that. I, I want to pay tribute to my wife's grandfather because he started as a hairdresser. His mother, his, his father worked on the railroad. He's now passed away. His father worked on the railroad and she saved up $300 and gave, he was the oldest son and she gave him $300 in the late twenties, I think probably, you know, 1928 and said, Go, this is for your education. No way. Wow. And so he went to beauty school and he laughs oh. about his beauty school experience because because you could buy it, you could afford it for three, you know, that's the only thing he could do with his $300. And he spent the whole time getting manicures and foot massages <laughs> because he was a very charismatic man, just amazing. <laughs> but he went on to be the president of the Cosmetology Association in Utah and he had four salons and a beauty school and he invented a, a, a shampoo line and he, he made a shampoo called Puffed, P-F-F-F-T. And Clairol <laughs> bought the name from him for PSSSD, Instant Dry Shampoo. For the no first way. Time. Oh my I mean, gosh. He was, he was amazing. He wore toupee before anybody wore toupee. He wore, you know, purple socks and purple pants and a purple jacket. I mean, he was like this monochromatic yeah. crazy guy with seven children. Wow. And I joined the family and I didn't go to beauty school till later. I joined the family when I, when we got married in my twenties 
And I was, I'd majored in theater and I really kind of wanted to go to law school was my other career. Wow. And, <laughs> and, or go, or go to New York. And it came to a point of, do you go to New York or do you, you know, say, I'm not going to go to New York. And, and I decided I was going to have a family and do other mm -hmm. things. And after I was married, I watched his, now grandpa had big house and drove Cadillacs and a swimming pool <laughs> and didn't have to wear a tie to work. Yeah. And he has now within the family, his son was a salon owner. His son just recently retired. He, two of his brothers, he put his two brothers through beauty school and his third brother was a jeweler because that's, he took the money back and grandma, great grandma sent him off to school again. Um, my sister-in-law or my cousin's wife, my wife's cousin's wife was an executive at Redken and Matrix oh and Wella. Um, we have my nephew graduated from school two years ago and is now a manager at Great Clips and is building his legacy yeah. in the industry. Part of it is I came from this family where it was, wasn't not cool. Yeah. I went to yeah. college like a grown up, but these people weren't wearing ties and they were having fun. <laughs> and I want to be like that. Yeah. Well, it fared pretty well for you, I'd say, right? And so, so yeah. And there's, you know, some other people along the way that, you know, Sam Bricado and Gino yeah. Stampura and yeah. some really good friends that I've spent decades with that are very cool, you know, part of that journey. But yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't overestimate the power of things you can do, but that's the hardest thing about our industry is it's you. You're responsible. Yeah. It's, it's, you're responsible for your own future. You're responsible for your own success. You're responsible for what you do. Agree. Well, this was really fun. It was nice to get to know you. Thank it's you for your time. You Thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. I appreciate it. All right, Jeffrey, yep. does he scream head coach or what? You got it. <laughs> I'm feeling amped. I'm inspired, damn it, which is what you want. I mean, that was definitely one of uh, the better ones that we've had here. Uh, feeling amped. I know. So fun. So Kin North America, an incredible line and incredible brand. Again, um, love what they're doing in the space. Have some really, really great loyal relationships with stylists um, all over the world. So kudos to Gary and his team. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up with Tease Media Production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Stephen Jabberan. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode and to Josh Lindowski for editing so you can watch and listen on YouTube.